This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. To have a taste of Rama, uh, there's a school intake that's ongoing. Uh, the forms are available. You can enroll if you're watching online through the live stream. You can enroll, you can fill the forms on our website www.raymanigeria.com and um, this is open till May 19th till May 19th is the last day you have to get your forms in for this intake after this intake we won't have another one till October so you can avail yourself of this opportunity right away and um, we have orientation June the 2nd and the 3rd and then classes will start by June the 4th and they will hold weekly. There will be some makeup classes which current students can be a part of. And if you want to come in, we want you to come in. Praise God. We are um, an extension of the mandate given to Kenneth E. Hagin in 1950 to go teach my people faith. And as a result of that, help usher in the last great move of God's spirit and the return of Jesus. That's what we're about. Helping people get equipped in the word of God and the Holy Ghost to fulfill their destinies, be all that God will have them to be. In level one, we take basic courses, 25 of them. This is one of such. Things like faith, the authority of the believer, how to be led by the Spirit of God, gifts of the Spirit, prayer principles, basic truths in the Bible. Then level two, we have um, three different streams. There's a spiritual leadership stream for those who sense a call to pulpit ministry, the supportive leadership stream, for the youth worker, the children worker, the worship leader, associate workers and all. And then there's a societal leadership stream. I'm a banker, I'm a, I'm a businessman, a politician. You know, just how can I be an effective witness for God in the marketplace? So yes, there's a place here for you. And if you just want to know more about God, please come over. Amen. That's what we do. Praise the Lord. Our headquarters is in uh, the United States of America, Kenneth Higgin Ministries and... Thank God we have 236 campuses all over the world in 51 countries. So you're a part of something big. Amen. We've existed for over 40 years. And we have a proven curriculum that has turned out giants. Praise God. Now, Christ the Healer class, we started to look at healing being God's will. And then we said we're going to give some reasons why we can be certain that healing is the will of God for us. Now remember what we said, that faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't take something if you don't know it's available and it's offered. So it's healing available. Is it the will of God for us? Absolutely. That's the primary issue people have a problem with. They are not sure that God wants them well. And because they are not sure, it hinders their faith from working. So we set out to give reasons why we can be absolutely convinced that God wants us well. We said number one, that healing is always God's will for the sick because it's in God's great plan of redemption. Amen. We saw in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24, as well as several other scriptures that show that Jesus died not only for our sins, but also our sicknesses. We said number two, we can be certain that healing is always God's will for the sick and that healing is God's will for me and for you, for everyone here and those listening. Because sickness and disease come from the devil. And God does not want us with the devil's stuff. Amen. We saw from Acts 10.38. We saw from 
Luke 13, 11 to 17, particularly verse 16. We saw from John 10, 10, from 1 John 3, 8, James 4, 7, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Sickness comes from the devil. And we've got authority over this devil. And Jesus has defeated him for us. So we are to stand against it. Praise God. Then number three, we said healing is always God's will for the sick. Because God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. We saw several scriptures. Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 15. Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. Psalm 103. Verses 1 to 5, particularly verse 3, Psalm 105, verse 37, Psalm 107, 17 to 20. Then we saw also from Hebrews 8, 6, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, 2 Corinthians 1, 10, Ephesians 1, 3, Mark 16, 15 to 20, James 5, 14 to 15. That healing is in our own covenant also. He, want, he wanted his servants well. He wants his sons well too. Praise God. Wants his daughters well too. It's part of our covenant. Then we said number four. We can be certain that healing is always God's will for the sick. Because Jesus is the will of God in action. And Jesus, he healed the sick. Amen. We saw from John 14, 8 to 10. From John 5, 19. John 6, 38. Matthew 8, 2 to 4. Matthew 4.23, Matthew 9.35, we saw from Hebrews 1, 1 to 3, John 1, 1 to 14, that Jesus is the express image of the Father. He always healed the sick from his words and his actions. He made it clear in no uncertain terms that God wants us well. And then we said, number five, that we can be absolutely certain that healing is God's will for us because of the Father heart of God. The Father heart of God. We saw from Acts 10, 38, from Matthew 7, 11, from James 1, 17. Then we looked at scriptures like Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9, Mark 1, 40 to 42, Mark 10, 48 to 52, Matthew 14, 14, Matthew 20, uh, 29 to about 34. And then we saw from 2 Corinthians 1, 3, God is the Father of mercies. He's a good God. Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father pities his children, he pities us. He knows our frame. He's our daddy. He's not a mean father. He's a good father. He's a loving father. He's a gracious father. And he's a healing father. Amen. Well, sixth reason why you can be absolutely sure that God wants you well. Number six reason that you can be absolutely sure that God wants you well is because healing is the children's bread. 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 Bread. Food. Healing is the children's bread. Now, Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Then Jesus went thence, departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast, besought him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, Not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. And he said, I'm not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, O Lord, help me. And he said, It's not meat, it's not proper to take, take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord. 
Yet the dogs do eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Says Jesus answering saith unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole in that very hour. Notice Jesus said, this stuff is the children's bread. It's the children's bread. Now, did it belong to that woman? He didn't belong to her or her daughter. But she said, just a crumb is good enough for me. If there was enough power in the crumb to get her daughter delivered, who was grievously vexed with the devil, how much more are you who's seated at the table? It's your bread. It's your bread. It's your bread. Any parents here, your child does something wrong, and you're trying to discipline them, and the way you discipline them is that you don't eat. Anybody that does that. And we'll start praying for you for child abuse. Nobody does that. It's our bread. It's food. Remember I said, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. It's our bread. John 6.35, Jesus said, I'm the bread of heaven. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. So healing is the children's bread. Is the children's bread. Psalm 23 verse 5 says, He has set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You know the problem with some of us? Rather than facing our table and taking the bread that's on the table and eating it, we're busy looking at the enemies. We're busy looking at the enemies. The enemies, oh. The enemies, oh. They have come, oh. The symptom is getting worse, oh. The doctor's report says it's incurable, oh. And all we are concerned about is the enemies. My friend, get your eyes off of the enemies. Eat, you are at the table. You are at the table. Eat at the table. Healing is our bread. It's our bread. It's our bread. Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So it's saying that what physical bread is to our bodies, that's what God's word is to our spirits and indeed to our bodies as well. It's our bread. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And their health, that word is mape in the Hebrew. Healing, medicine, health, wholeness to all their flesh. Look, healing is the children's bread. It's your bread. It's your bread. It's your fundamental right. It's your bread. That woman, she was outside the covenant. You know, and that's the thing about God. He's so gracious. He's so good. When Jesus said, it's not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs, invariably called her a dog. He wasn't being abusive. He was being descriptive. Remember the Bible says in Philippians 3, beware of dogs. You think he's talking about Alsatians, Rottweilers, German shepherds? No, that's not what he was talking about there. Anybody who is outside of the covenant, like a dog in the old covenant was an unclean animal. Anybody who is outside of the covenant, remember Peter, the vision he had, right, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he said, not so, Lord, nothing unclean has entered my mouth. The person was unclean. He was a part of the covenant. He was not a part of the covenant. Amen. So he's saying that healing is the bread of the children. Now, if those people that were not a part of the covenant still got healed, how much more us? Remember the centurion also that came on behalf of his servant in Matthew 8, 5 to 13. You know, it's interesting. People that had no covenant with God, people that were outside of the covenant, God honored their faith. How much more us? It's your right. 
It belongs to you. Really. God is not doing you a favor. Healing you is your right. Yes, it's a favor because we don't deserve it in ourselves. But God in his goodness has made it your legal right. So it's your legal right. You have a legal right to it. It is the children's bread. It is the children's bread. It's our food. Chop belefool. Come whack. Bread day table. Chop. No be small bread. Whether it's wheat, whether it's whole, whether it's brown, whether any kind. Any kind of healing you need. Papa God, get him. Berekete. Healing is the children's bread. It's our bread. Belongs to us. Amen. So that's, that's proof positive that he wants us healed. Amen. Well, reason number seven. While we can be absolutely certain that healing is always God's will for the sick, is from the standpoint of the promises of God. 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 See, God has promised to grant us whatever we ask in prayer, believe him. God has promised to grant us whatever we ask in prayer, believe him. From the standpoint of the promises of God. Because God has promised to grant us whatever we ask in prayer, believe him. And people's faith makes them whole. People's faith makes them whole. From the standpoint of the promises of God. God has promised to grant us whatever we ask in prayer, believe in. And people's faith makes them whole. Now, let me, this might shock you, but when Kenneth e. Hagin was on that deathbed, you know, he was born with two organic heart diseases. There were seven diseases of the heart itself that were known to medical science in the day, in his day, in his time, when he was born and all that. Out of the seven, he had two of them. They were both incurable. In addition to that, he had a blood disease. The uh, white blood cells destroyed the red blood cells faster than anything could be done about it medically or his body could reproduce more. And um, he was paralyzed totally from the waist down, partially from the waist up. He was told that nobody that medical science has any record of with his condition had ever lived beyond 16. And that he did not stand a chance in a million. Not that he had a chance in a million. That even a chance in a million he did not have. That is, the probability of him getting well is zero. You know, I did some mathematics. It's an impossibility. Can't happen. It's not likely. Not a matter of being likely. It won't happen. It's impossible. Forget it. Zero. So they told him, stay in the middle of the road and get ready to die. Now, you know, the funny thing is that when he got healed, he got off that deathbed. He said he didn't know there was healing in redemption. He didn't know. He said, then, how did he get healed? You know how he got healed? He started reading the Bible from Matthew 1.1. He got to Mark 11.24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. God promised to grant us the things we ask in prayer believing. See, that was the desire of his heart. That was all he saw. Just God's promises about faith and prayer. He didn't know there was healing and redemption. He didn't know that sickness comes from the devil. He didn't know a lot of the things you already know now. He didn't know. That was all he knew. This was the desire of his heart. And God said, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. The verse that precedes that, verse 23, says, for verily, Mark eleven twenty-three, 23, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, 
be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith see it was those two verses that got him out mark 11 23 and 24 see when he read that 24th verse what things ever you desire when you pray believe you receive them you shall have them the devil said to him that doesn't mean what things ever you desire physically like healing or material prosperity that that only means what things ever you desire spiritually that healing has been done away with you see imagine the devil forming spirituality imagine devil you know he said when he read that verse light came to him on the inside and then a thought came against his mind and said no healing is not for today he said when he heard that the light was about to be put out but you know if you're born again you have the holy ghost in you and if only christians are taught to listen to their spirits he said on the inside of him he heard these words do you notice that the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5, it says her faith made her whole? He said, no, I didn't notice that. So he turned his Bible from Mark 11 to Mark 5. Now, because of his condition, it took him like 10 minutes to do that with so much concentration to move the pages. He got to Mark 5, and sure enough, from verse 25 to 34, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, but was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself, turned him about in the press, said, who touched my clothes? Disciples said, thou says the multitude in and says, thou touched me. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Sure enough, he saw it in verse 34. Her faith made her whole. He read that. He said, Yeah, that's true. He says, Her faith made her whole. He says, Her faith made her whole. Then the Lord asked him, Have you ever heard anybody say faith has been done away with? He said, He thought a little bit. They told him healing was done away with, miracles are done away with. When the last apostle died, all that, that you know, all that nonsense. They had told him, you know. So he's, but he thought. Has anybody ever told him faith has been done away with? Then he replied the Lord. He said, no, I've never heard that. And then the Lord replied, and you never will. Because if faith has been done away with, then there are no Christians and there's no church. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, the gift of God. You see that? as Ephesians 2.8. So it shows that salvation is for today, right? And it's by grace we are saved through faith. So that means faith is for today. So faith couldn't be done away with. Faith couldn't be done away with. So the Lord said, and you never will. You know? And then the Lord said to him, and if our faith made her whole, your faith can make you whole. That's, that's all he saw. Just the promises of God. Just what God said. He didn't know that. So even if all these other reasons weren't so, even if there wasn't healing in redemption, even if sickness didn't come from the devil, even if God did not provide healing in the new covenant, even if Jesus wasn't the will of God in action, even if healing wasn't the children's bread, even if all those things aren't so, on the basis of this alone is enough to get you healed of anything. But besides, all those ones are so. That's all he saw. That's all he saw. Our faith made our whole. If our faith made our whole, your faith can make you whole. And listen, your faith too can make you whole. Ah, you say, ah, I wish I had that kind of faith. You know me, I'm not Jim Jim, Jim Jim. You know, it's those Jim Jim people. My friend, 
you as Jim Jim as they get. Listen, listen, tell your story. There was this lady, she had an accident. Something happened and then uh, one of her bones moved in. So the leg grew shorter than the other. She had one leg shorter than the other because of the accident. Now here she was, she was in this meeting and then the evangelist came and said, there's a woman here, she's a preacher of the gospel, she has one leg shorter than the other, that God wants that leg to grow out now. And now you've thought that, look, you don't have enough faith for that. That's not true. That the greatest miracle that there is is the new birth. If you've already believed God for the new birth, you can't believe God for something bigger. You know, in our minds, we think a leg growing out is a bigger miracle. It's not. It's not. The truth is, if you are born again, You've exercised faith for the greatest blessing that there exists. And the same faith that got you saved will get you healed. All you need to do is to feed it and use it. So your faith can make you whole. It can make you whole. The lady looked. There was nobody else that came out and said, yes, that fits her. And you know, the thing grew out. She exercised her faith. It shot out. Yeah. Your faith can make you whole. Your faith can make you whole. You know, Brother Higgins said, while he struggled with that, he said he decided to run references on faith and healing. And then he got to James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? We referred to it earlier. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he, they have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. He said when he saw that, he thought that all the promises in God's word about healing, about faith, you know about prayer, that they predicated on that. You had to get an elder to come and anoint you with all. He said, Lord, if I need to get an elder to pray for me so I can be healed, I may just as well go ahead now and die. I don't know anybody that believes in healing. See, when he saw healing in the Bible, he thought he had seen something nobody knew in the world. Yeah, but he was ready to hold on to it even if that was the case. We should be determined with God's word. Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen. He said, so his eyes, God caught up on the elders and on the oil. Then the Lord asked him on the inside, did you notice that it says the prayer of faith shall save the sick? He said, no, I didn't notice that. Then he read it and sure enough, he says the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That word save also means heal the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. Amen. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Then the Lord said to him, it's not the elders that save the sick. It's not the oil that saves the sick. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. The prayer of faith will work with or without the elders. The prayer of faith will work with or without the oil. And you can pray that prayer of faith just as much as anybody else can. Do you see that? And he prayed the prayer of faith. He got off the deathbed. So my point is this. Just on the basis of the promises of God's word. Matthew 21, 22. And all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. All things. All things. Will all things include healing? Yes. Definitely. Mark 9, 23. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, the context that Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him that believeth. If you read the context, it was healing. This man came on behalf of his son that, you know, was vexed with this devil thing that will throw him in the water, throw him in the fire. 
And then he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, if you read it in NIV, New International Version, you know, some people mischievously call it the nearly inspired version. That's mischievous. That's not true. You know, but if you read it in NIV, it reads like this. If I can, no, it's not a matter of what I can do. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. See, God will do as much as we can believe him for. In the final analysis, the extent of your blessings, you are the one that determines it. So it's not saying if I can do it. No, I can't. It's not a matter of what I can do. It's a matter of what you can believe for. Do you see that? Now, notice that Jesus said in that place, in Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him that believeth. And he, was, he said that relative to healing for that man's son. So all things certainly include healing. So when the all things in Mark 9.23 includes healing, then you can be sure the all things in Matthew 21.22, you know, all things, whatever you shall ask in prayer, believe in, you shall receive. That would include healing too. Healing is a thing. is among the all things. Do you see that? John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Well, was Jesus talking about a Thursday or a Sunday or a Wednesday or a Monday? No, he was talking about the day of the new creation. The day of the new covenant. You know? That I won't be here on earth. You won't pray to me. Very, rarely I say unto you, whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He third toe, up till now, have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Let me ask you, how full will your joy be if the doctor tells you you'll be dead in three months? And you've got an incredible condition. Will your joy be full? Your joy will be so full. You know, my God, you want to throw a party about it, will it? No. No. And God wants our joy full. Anything that will cause our joy to be full, God wants it. Did you notice in Acts 8, 5 to 8, when those people got healed, the Bible says there was great joy in that city. What produced the joy? Healing. Your joy can be full if you are sick in your body. And it says whatever... You need so your joy will be full. You can ask. That will include healing. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Do you see that? So from the standpoint of the promises of God, because God has promised to grant us whatever we ask in prayer, believing, and the faith of the sick man can make him whole, can make him, get him healed. So on the basis of that, you can receive your healing. Healing is God's will for the sick every single time. Every single time. James 1, 5 to 8. The Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all men and upbraids not. Upbraid means to find fault. It says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea. Driven with the wind and tossed. Let not such a man think, should even think it, that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Anything will mean not just wisdom. If it's finance he needs, if it's healing he needs, shouldn't think he will receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So that tells me that whatever you need, you can ask. And that will include healing. Because healing is among the all things that are possible to him that believeth. And you can ask for it. What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. What does that mean? It says, 
The believing comes first, and then the having follows. You've got to believe you've got it. When you don't yet have it, and then you'll get it. You've got to believe you're healed when the symptoms are still in your body, and then you'll be healed. Amen. When do you believe you receive? When you pray. That very moment. That's the moment that you have to believe that you receive. Not after you pray. Not next week, but when you pray. That moment you pray is the moment you have to believe that you receive. So what do you do? Begin to say out of your heart, because you do believe it, I believe that I receive my healing. I believe that I receive my healing. You say, what if you don't believe it? Say it all the same. Even if you don't believe it, if you say long enough, it will register on your spirit and you can school yourself into faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Proverbs 18, 20. Amen. Proverbs 12, 18. There is that speaker like the persons of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. So just on the basis of the promises of God, you can be certain that healing is always God's will for the sick. Praise God. So I've um, stated my premise and I've stated it clearly. And that's the fact that healing is always God's will for the sick. Now tomorrow, we'll get into this other thing. Okay, if healing is God's will for me, how do I appropriate it? How do I appropriate it? You know, sometimes people think that prayer is what heals them. Or the laying on of hands is what heals them. No, those are not the things that heal you. Healing belongs to us because it is in the redemptive plan. It's like this. Listen. It's just like somebody telling you that the way to get money is to use an ATM card. Or the way to get money is to write a check. The way to get money... You know, you should do wire transfer. The way to get money is to write the check in your name or write it in somebody else's name or use the uh, ATM inside the bank or use a POS. You know, well, you had better make sure you first have an account in that bank. And you had also make sure there's money inside that account. Otherwise, you're going to find that that's the way to get to police cell. <laughs> or to get inside EFCC coffers. Do you see it? Now, all those things are methods of appropriating the healing. What makes healing ours is that Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, provided it. So it's ours. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's his will. In actual fact, it is in the will. It is in the will. Now, when a fellow is about to die, he writes, he writes his will, right? Hopefully, you don't wait till you're about to die. She'll have it, you know. Talk about a man's last will and testament. Jesus' last will and testament, that's the new covenant. And in that will, we see there, by whose stripes ye were healed. We see there, Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken, quicken, quicken. That word quicken is from the word zoe, zopoisei. Two compound Greek words, zoe and poi. Zoe means the life of God. Poi means to make. The Holy Ghost will make life in your mortal body. Amen. And I don't mind telling you, that life will engulf sickness. See, when John G. Lake was in South Africa, one of, uh, you know, there was a time there was a bubonic plague. And then as there was that plague, people were dying. This stuff was airborne. Airborne. People were dying of the stuff. And then it was helping to bury the dead. Now, the British sent a call of doctors to come and help. 
You know, they gave them preventatives. But they noticed that Lake was handling the bodies, handling the people who were infected, and he wasn't using any of the preventatives. So they asked him, aren't you scared you might get contact and contract this stuff? He said, no, I won't. He said, well, if you want to try an experiment, I'll do something and let you see. They got somebody who had just died of the plague. The froth came out of his mouth. The froth, bubonic plague. You know, it's not Ebola. When Ebola stuff, people were misquoting it. No, it wasn't Ebola. Ebola wasn't as deadly as this. You know, they took the froth, took it under the microscope. On getting under the microscope, they found living germs moving around. Then you know what he did? He took his hand and used his hand to get the froth. And they went under the microscope immediately. And guess what? The germs were dead. They, they, they were stunned. They said, what caused that? He said, it's called the law of the spirit of life. Amen. Romans 8.2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And he said this, that as long as my spirit is in vital contact with the spirit of God, in fellowship with God, that no disease can successfully attach itself to my body. Amen. See, there's another law at work in your spirit. It's called righteousness. Amen. Healing is God's will for you. Healing is God's will for me. God wants you well. Let's say this together. Healing, Healing is God's will for me. God wants me well. God wants me well. God wants me well. Point to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, God wants you well. Point to another neighbor. Say, God wants you well. Say to yourself again, God wants me well. Healing is God's will for me. It belongs to me. Praise the Lord. So we're going to learn more. This is the starting point. We look at how do I appropriate it. Then what are some roadblocks to it? We'll examine things like what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Was it ophthalmia? Like, you know, Matthew Henry tells us he had that Paul used to come out of his eyes. Why did Paul leave Trophimus at Militum sick? How come Ezekiel used the poultice? You know, what do all those things, what do they mean? Why did that man say that this sickness is for the glory of God? What, what do those things mean? We'll examine them closely. And then uh, we're going to finish talking about how to keep your healing. The fact that God's method of healing is spiritual and it can be lost. How do you keep it? Then we're also going to look at how to walk in health. I'm going to put out some material there that I've never put out before. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Have a lovely night's rest. I can hardly wait to see you tomorrow. Now, let me also say this. On Tuesday, we will minister to the sick. Are you listening? We'll minister to the sick. But, but this is it. Anybody who will get the most out of it, it will be good they've been in the sessions. It will be good they've been in the sessions because there are things Jesus, you know, put teaching first, preaching next, then healing. Sometimes people just want to get healed. They don't want to hear the word. The Bible says they came to hear him and to be healed. Those who heard got healed. There's a link between hearing and being healed. We'll learn more about that. Have a lovely night's rest. See you tomorrow. This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Nigeria.